Hi friends, Stuart Davis here, host of Aliens and Artists. How are you? I hope you and yours so much. We recently announced a new format for this podcast, which is a free show every other week and a plus show every other week. They alternate. Plus episodes are exclusively for paying members. It's fun, it's easy, it's exclusive, and there's perks. Like this week, Plus members went on an all-expenses-paid field trip to Gobekli Tepe and were permitted to frolic in maskless nudity about the site, performing miniature bungee jumps from its tallest pillars and sipping mint juleps under an azure canvas of Turkish clouds. Each Plus subscriber was allotted a 10-ton megalith to take home as a lucky souvenir. Transportation of those gargantuan, ornate artifacts were provided by anti-gravitic black budget triangles, the very same ones used to convey our Plus members to and from Gobekli Tepe. Well, to be precise, they were in fact allowed to drive said black triangles, using telepathy and the complimentary indigenous dream catchers that came in their Plus swag bags. Would Plus be right for you. I don't know. It's outrageously unaffordable. It's like, should I get half of an IPA at this boutique Brooklyn brewery or get hours and hours of exclusive content and support my favorite podcast? Exotic means of divination are necessitated, such as danceomancy, which is a mode of divination I invented, whereby one reads the facial expressions of strangers reacting to their maladroit interpretive dances. Anyone who becomes a Plus member or a patron or a member of the Experiencer group gets hours of exclusive episodes every month. Here is a sneak peek of the Plus episode airing right now for members only, where Ruben Langdon shares witness accounts of not only mantid entities, not only fey entities, but also, for the first time ever on our podcast, a leprechaun encounter. It's so good, and I'm not joking about that part. His wife encountered a leprechaun in Ireland, but that wild stuff is for Plus ears only. Here instead, as the preview, is a little taste of another extra I included in the Plus episode this week, which is an English mechanical engineer's encounter with a strange UFO, which caused him to utter the phrase, I nearly had kittens, and also me performing a live monologue called, Is There Art After Death? So join Plus or become a patron. It's basically a clandestine society so secret its leaders are unaware they are members. Plus. Ruben, anything we missed that you want to be sure to include? Wow, um, I had no idea we were going to talk about the leprechauns. I don't think I've ever told that story. I don't know if I'm going to want to let that out. But anyways, it's told. It's out. It's out for the ethers. You know, I think we covered quite a bit. We covered leprechauns and grave sucking and um, fairies and mantis beans. Well, we got halfway through my questions, so you'll just have to come on again. Love these conversations. I'd love to. Me too. For more information on Ruben Langdon, check the show notes. He nearly had kittens. November 5th, 1976, England. A 29-year-old mechanical engineer was out walking his dog in the early morning at Oxmoor near Huntington as you do. His perambulations were interrupted when a bizarre object descended from the sky and landed just five feet away from him. He described it as, quote, tank-like, rather square, with a dome-shaped superstructure, metallic, with lights in blue, white, and red, end quote. It emitted a low hum a barrel-shaped object emerged from the craft and appeared to probe the area with sensors. 
The barrel-shaped device then swiveled and positioned itself face to face, so to speak, with the witness, at which point he felt such abject fear that, in his own words, he nearly had kittens. <laughs> a colloquialism which demands to be awarded an esteemed station in anomalous parlance. But I digress. The probe receded, the craft departed, and the engineer's dog bolted for the hills. You can see the engineer's artistic rendering of the object, which looks pretty engineery, in the wonderful book UFO Drawings from the National Archives by David Clark. Or check the show notes. Aliens and Artists is brought to you by you. You brought it. You so bring it. Because you're on plus. It's a Eddie Bempa rotten! Unless you're a patron, in which case, you deliver. You deliver it like a litter of baby kittens. Anomalous baby kittens. Throttled from the puckered ass of a petrified English engineer. It's a miracle. So I'm obviously not going to pitch plus and Patreon to you. That would be a redundant surplus of superfluous iteration. No. Now what is called for are fun extras some real plus-level ear swag. Well, not long ago I recorded an entire podcast series, which we've never released. Why? Because of the reason. However, I'm going to share them with Plus members and patrons, along with much more. Plus and Patreon, and members of the Experiencer group get exclusive episodes, but also a wider focus. So you'll hear things on Plus that minus will, well, have subtracted. For instance, here's a short reading from a live performance I did before COVID. It's called, Is There Art After Death? I hope you enjoy, and thank you for your support. Is there art after death? I went to two funerals last week. Both of the deceased were artists. It got me wondering about art after death. Simple question. When we cross over, do we still make art? Is creativity fundamentally different in another realm without corporeal form? I know it will be hard to leave behind when I die. My family, my friends, the smell of a wet forest floor in autumn. But also music, paintings, comedy, creativity. So what if when I die, I'm no longer able to make art? What if the corporeal realm is a prerequisite for artistry? After I'm dead, will I write music? Will that question even make sense to whatever my consciousness becomes? It's rumored that after death, some details change, categories shift. Here on Earth, in my physical body, I have a creative impulse. It's contained in the boundary of my skin until my subject decides to reify that mental object and then others can play with it, like an intersubjective beach ball. Add beer, and you've got yourself an art party. <laughs> but what if death erases such categories, and the necessary boundaries no longer persist? Maybe the distinction between self and other dissolves. To put it bluntly, how will I be the center of attention in the afterlife if everyone is telepathically enmeshed in unity? <laughs> Do I really want to recognize the clear void as my own nature if there's no audience to see me do it? Is that why I keep incarnating? 
The artist craving one more round of applause. But this isn't merely a personal matter, it's also a cosmological one. Because the cosmos and creativity are braided, if not synonymous. Bigger picture. Maybe there is art after death, but it's really different. Maybe it's unimaginable to our consciousness, baked as it is in a cerebellum. There could be modes of creativity unrecognizable to us. Authors such as Jeffrey Kripal, who's with us tonight, Jacques Vallée, John Mack, Whitley Strieber have all suggested that some paranormal phenomena might be a kind of theater from the deep periphery of consciousness. Right now, ensconced in a body, personal identity filters out 99% of reality because where would we put it? But reality does not filter us out. Maybe it signals us from time to time. Or perhaps our higher selves signal our lower selves through natural but unknown means. Supernatural unknown means. As an artist, this interests me. Imagine that some unexplained phenomena are something akin to transrational performance art, events designed to evoke cognitive dissonance by defying the laws of physics or by happening in Kansas. <laughs> I call them fuzzles. Fuzzles are fucked up puzzles that leave befuddled people in puddles. The point is, after death, perhaps we submerge in a sea of primordial potential. Then art after death might be modulating that infinite nothing into something. Something that physical entities are able to register. Some paranormal events could be just artifacts fabrifacted to be perceptible but utterly stupefying. Like this monologue. Right, kids? It's Preteen front row. That line was just for you. Let's say you are excarnated. Art after death might be a fun way to pass the timeless. Just focus on one project. One creative project, like getting all self-reflexive bipeds migrating toward the point of all places. To do that, hold your imagination over Earth for millions of years. Blend it into the rhythms of birth and death. Great swells of creatures appear and vanish, species crest and fall, and you drip your fuzzle into those waves. Like a drop of colored dye, it adds a subtle hue to the liquid mind. That's art after death. But what's your intention in doing this, artist? Funny question, because intention itself was one of your artistic creations. Intention is your child, not your mother. Your stories don't all make sense. Sense is one of the stories you've told. Take heart, bewildered percipients. The denouement of these stories will blow our brainless minds in a few billion years. Ontological theater, <clears throat> of course, is a very old idea. It stretches all the way from Plato's cave allegory to Elon Musk saying reality is probably a hologram. I mean, this whole thing is made up. It's so made up that it makes up other maker-uppers. <laughs> In other words, us. 
The fundamental constituents of our reality are story and meaning. They should be naming quarks after this shit. The plot quark, the narrative quark. We're made up and then we're unmade. And who knows, there could be many kinds of art after death. Maybe art after death is simply when you, your disembodied soul maps the course of your next life. But then, so do all the other disembodied souls, and everyone's maps fucking conflict again, and it's a shit show. Just like last time, and a thousand times before. That's why humanity makes so much progress with no improvement. <laughs> Finally, what if, after we die, there's nothing? One can only hope. Because that's the hardiest art party of all. There isn't anything more creative than nothing. We're born with a native endowment of nothing. We didn't earn it, we don't appreciate it, mostly we avoid it. Although nothing could save us. We shrink from its invitation like a circumcised penis in a cold plunge. But artists know nothing, and it knows them. I don't mean entertainers. Entertainers know something. In fact, entertainers and their audience will settle for something masquerading as nothing, but something is no substitute for nothing. Don't think about it. Deep thought is an oxymoron. Nothing changes everything, and nothing tells me there is art after death. But it's probably not like this video you're about to watch.